All right, boys and girls, welcome to the Thursday, July 8th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Game two of the NBA Finals tonight between the Suns and the Bucks. Plenty to talk about on the MLB card as well. So settle in and we'll get you set in up to 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome, welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app alongside Tyler Fulgham. I'm Joe Fortenball. Let's start today by congratulating the great people of the Tampa Bay region in Florida on your Stanley Cup final win last night. one nothing against the Montreal Canadiens to take the series in five. Speaking as a 40-year-old Philadelphia sports fan who has been alive <laughs> for only three championships in my entire life, one of which came in 83 with the Sixers, I don't even remember i just love to say I'm so happy for everyone in Tampa winning three titles in like 10 months. You got to figure the good people of uh, Central Florida deserve it, right, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, Champa Bay is what they call it. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady shows up and all of a sudden they can't stop winning. Um, big rig, Pat Maroon, back to back to back Stanley Cup championships, the two with Tampa Bay. And then uh, the year before he joined the Lightning with the St. Louis Blues. How about that? I think that's the first time that's been done you know, in the modern era of National Hockey League uh, play. So, Patty Maroon, Tampa Bay Lightning, all those uh, fans by the Bay, uh, reason to celebrate these days. Yeah, yeah, life's good. Life's real good, no <laughs> state tax there as well. You guys keep living that dream. The rest of us will keep fighting for any scraps we can get when it comes to a playoff berth. Speaking of the playoff, NBA Finals, game two tonight from Phoenix, Arizona. The Suns leading the Bucks one game to none after taking game one a couple nights ago. They covered the spread. The total went over. That was game one. We're on the game two. So we're going to start with the side. We're going to move to the total. And then we'll lay out some props. Phoenix laying five and a half in this game against Milwaukee. Are you playing the side here, Tyler? And if so, what's it going to be? And how much do you like it? Yeah, I, I do like the side. Phoenix minus five and a half. I like Phoenix first half minus two and a half. Um, nothing I saw in game one changed um, the way that I look at the way these two teams match up. Remember, the Suns led game one by as many as 20 points in the second half. They were absolutely thoroughly dominating. Um, they won basically every quarter until a fourth when the game was out of hand. So they kept building that lead throughout. Um, Giannis looked much better than I thought he would, but I still think it's probably a stretch to say he's close to 100%. So I think the Suns are the better team. I think they're the healthier team. I think they're the um, uh, more well-coached team. So I will lay the five and a half over the game. I'll also uh, dabble a little bit in the first half there and uh, lay the two and a half. A little bit opposed here. I'm not going to make a huge bet on this, but it's going to be a small wager, half a unit. I am going to take the five and a half with Milwaukee. I think when you look up recency bias in the dictionary, it should be a picture of the Milwaukee Bucks team photo from this year. Think about how we have approached this team at every stage of the playoffs. Game one against Miami in the opening round, they needed to go to overtime. They win that game by one. Everyone looking at that saying, ooh, Miami's going to give them a run. The Bucs annihilate them in game two. They go on to get the sweep. Series against Brooklyn. They lose game one. They come back and get crushed in game two. Everyone bashing Giannis. Budenholzer saying these guys are toast. They come back to win the series in seven. Game one against Atlanta. They get beat at home by the Hawks. Everyone again bashing the Bucs. And they came back, come back and throttle Atlanta in game two. I think we're following a similar script here. They've been really bad in game ones. They've been really good for the most part in game twos. The rest advantage that Phoenix had in game one no longer exists. Giannis obviously has got some work in in game one, so he knows what he's capable of. 
and how far he can push it. More importantly, the rest of the team and Budenholzer as well know how far he can push it. And when you look at Phoenix, for as great as they've been in game ones, 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread, game two has been a different story. They lost game two against the Lakers. They did throttle the Nuggets in game two. But game two against the Clippers, they needed the Valley Oop to DeAndre Ayton to win that game by one. They didn't cover the spread. This is five and a half. I'm going to take a shot on the Bucks plus the points here tonight. But like I said, it's like a half unit wager, nothing major. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. That sounded really lame. <laughs> we'll leave it. We'll leave it. Maybe someone it's a out there. It's a compelling trend, though, that you found there, Fort Nog. <laughs> it's a compelling trend you found. As long as it wins, if it loses, flush it down the toilet. <laughs> Total for this game is 220. Total for game one closed 219 and a half. Are you doing anything with this? Yeah, we were talking about this on uh, Bet yesterday, and I know it's pretty much the same number that we were flirting with in game one. I'm going to go under uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I, I think we saw kind of a really dynamic offensive performance from both teams in game one. I think as you get deeper into series, especially a second game when you're you know in that city, you, know, you play two games in Phoenix, then you go two games to Milwaukee, that second game, in that city where guys get comfortable, you've seen sets, usually the pace slows down, usually the defense ratchets up, and these have been the two best defensive teams as far as defensive rating in this entire NBA postseason, Milwaukee 1, Phoenix 2. Um, you couple those things together, the familiarity, the fact that they've been really good defensively. I'm going to go under here because game one got over this total by, what, four points, I think, and it really felt like, um, you know, a lot was working in the favor of the over there with CP3 going for 32, Aiton having a big day as well. Giannis exceeding at least my expectation, um, you know, and uh, from what he was going to give offensively. So I'm going to go under here. Um, I think I don't love it as much as the side. Um, so it'll probably be a closer to a half unit bet for me. But if I do play it, it will be the under. Complete agreement. I like the total more than the side. So this would be one unit or more. I will play the under 220 and a half. Game one closed 219 and a half, as you were alluding to. They finished with 223 points, so it was very close. Look at these two teams throughout the playoffs. In game twos, they've combined to play six game twos, three and three, obviously. The over is only cashed in one of those games, just one. It was game two of the Miami-Milwaukee series. The other, there have been four unders and one push. So keep that in mind. Part of the reason for that is that the pace drops off in game two, in each Milwaukee series. Game one to game two in Miami, Brooklyn, and Atlanta. The pace was slower in game two. Same thing happened with the Clippers and the Suns. The pace in game two was slower than in game one. I don't see Milwaukee shooting 44% from deep again in this game. I don't see Phoenix hitting 25 of 26 from the free throw line. I think there will be some natural regression there. We're talking about razor thin margins to get under. I don't think it's going to be under by a smash. It's going to be very tight, but I'll play under 220 points. Player props. This is your specialty. Anything standing out? Yeah, I know you and uh, Doug are thinking about going back to the well with some props that worked for you in game one. I was foolish on daily wager with my best bet during game one and uh, played a Drew Holiday points and assist prop. I'm trying to get a little too cute and too fancy, even though we were not certain about Giannis's availability. Of course, he becomes available and plays 35 plus minutes. And that completely wrecks the usage and opportunity for someone like Drew Holiday. So I'm going to go back to what I do know. And most of that is on the Phoenix side. Chris Paul under two and a half turnovers. Now it's a little juicy at minus 170, but we know CP3 is a maestro with the basketball. We know he is the point guy and he's going to take care of it. The under for turnovers with Chris Paul this postseason is 13 and two 
Joe. There's only been two occasions this season where he has gone over two turnovers. Game one, he had two turnovers, the under cash yet again. So that has been highly profitable in the prop department. So too has been the under for Devin Booker rebounds. It's at five and a half. He went under in game one, uh, collecting just two rebounds. But the last six games for Devin Booker, the under is five and one. What could be the thread for that trend over six games Hmm. with Booker? Didn't Hmm. he get his face broken earlier (laughs) in the postseason about six games ago? So if you have a tender face, a tender nose, maybe the least desirable job on a basketball floor is grabbing rebounds. You got to con- contend with guys that are bigger with you. Their elbows and whatnot are in your faces that you're looking up to try and jump and get a basketball. Booker is there to provide scoring and playmaking. I'm sure Monty Williams has allowed him, hey, if the nose is tender and if it might hurt you and it might affect your offense, stay on the perimeter. Let guys like DeAndre Ayton, who's seven feet tall, let guys like Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson, the guys that are more of the role players, do the rebounding. We need you to score and create on the offensive end. So Booker's not playing with the mask. We know that. So the uh, face I'm imagining is still likely a little tender as the nose is recovering from that break. So Milwaukee, a team that has Giannis who pulled down 17 rebounds in game one, their first in rebounding percentage this postseason as a squad, their fifth in the regular season. So they're a good rebounding team. I just don't think Booker's going to want to rebound. And even if he wanted to, it's a difficult task against a team like Miami when you have a teammate like DeAndre Ayton who can pull down 19 rebounds in a single game. Speaking of rebounding, though, Boy, I tell you what, Giannis Antetokounmpo's knee looked way better than I thought, and we know he's going to be aggressive in game two, so I'm going to play him over 11.5 rebounds. He pulled down 17 in game one, and he's going to be out there, I think, as many if not more minutes in a desperate situation, um, crashing the glass and, and trying to affect the game that way if his knee is still preventing him from being 100% Giannis on the offensive end and getting the ball in the bucket. We know he can affect the game, at least using his strength and length to grab rebounds and try and help uh, his Bucks teammates that way. So a couple of unders in the Suns' backcourt. Chris Paul under two and a half turnovers. Devin Booker under five and a half rebounds. And Giannis over 11 and a half boards. Those are the props I'm going to look at for game two. The Booker rebound cap is so good. You were on that from the beginning, too. It's not like you noticed this trend four or five games in. For the first game back, you said, I don't think he's going to want to rebound. And you've been riding it ever since. That is such a such a wonderful handicap. I've got one for you. I'm going to go back to the well. Same thing as game one. DeAndre Ayton, over 12 and a half rebounds. It's minus 105. The prop for this in game one was 11 and a half. I played the over because Ayton isn't just a beast on the glass. But look at what the center position did in the last series against Milwaukee. Clint Capella was averaging 10.3 rebounds per game. So you might say, why would you want to bet the over 11 and a half? Capella only eclipsed 30 minutes one time in the six games in that series. Aiden is playing 36 or more minutes almost every single night in the playoffs. The additional minutes will get you another rebound, and they didn't just get me that. They got me 19 rebounds from this guy. He was incredible on the glass, 19, to the point where I tweeted out, I don't think we're going to get an offering of 11 and a half again for game two. I assumed it'd be up to 13 and a half, maybe even 14, although that's probably wishful thinking for guys who want to play the under. They only moved it to 12 and a half. So I'll gladly come back for more in this situation. Aiton's averaging 12.1 rebounds per game in the postseason. So it's not like we're asking him to do all that much. And based on what we saw in game one, I will go back to the well for that. Uh, before we say goodbye, let's go to the diamond. One game that stands out, and I think you and I both have an angle on it. The Phillies are playing the Cubs tonight. 
tonight, excuse me. The Cubs finally snapped that losing streak against Zach Wheeler and the Phillies yesterday. Cubs minus 111 in this game. I will play Chicago. Zach Eflin is pitching for the Phillies tonight. Look at the home road splits. 2-2-5 ERA at home where the Phillies are 2-1 and in those starts. 5-7-1 ERA on the road where the Phillies are 1-5 in those starts. Cubs are decent against right-handed pitching. Nothing great, but they are 19-8 and in their last 27 games at home. Meanwhile, the Phillies are going to go against the righty tonight. Adbear Azalea. Azalea's home road splits have been just as solid, much better at home where opponents are only hitting 197 against him at Wrigley. Going to be a struggle for the Phils, who are 23rd in home runs against right-handed pitching, 28th in weighted runs created, 17th in weighted on-base average. Cubs minus 111 for me over the Phils tonight. You're making a play in this game as well, aren't you? Yeah, the total. I'm going to play under 7.5. Minus 120 is the price. Uh, you know earlier in this series I was playing overs, team totals overs, and game totals overs because the wind was blowing out significantly and the temperatures were up. Well, the weather has changed in Chicago throughout this series. It's now dropped down into the upper 60s, lower 70s, and the wind is blowing in from left center at 12 to 15 miles per hour. And we know few parks in Major League Baseball are as affected by the elements as Wrigley Field. It, beco it becomes a pitcher's paradise when the situation and elements are like we see today. It's a hitter's paradise when the elements are like what we saw earlier in the series. You mentioned the stats about that Phillies offense and uh, Alzale and what he has done. I, and it, it correlates somewhat with your Cubs play. If the Cubs are to win on the money line, I do think it'll be a lower scoring game. And then especially in the later innings, Joe, if the Cubs have the lead through the uh, first five or six innings that their starter goes, they then can turn the game over to their dominant bullpen. Now, during that 11-game losing streak, you couldn't rely on a dominant bullpen because you didn't have leads. But if they have that lead after the first five or six, their bullpen has been their strength so far this season, and that can really silence the bats for the Phillies in the final few frames. So if the Cubs do get that lead early, I like the under oh, even more because of their dynamic bullpen, but the elements are the big reason why. Wind blowing in from left center at 12 to 15 miles an hour, and temperatures have dropped about 20, 25 degrees in Chicago from earlier in the series. Two things you should do every day upon waking up. Number one, brush your teeth. Number two, check the wind at Wrigley Field to see which direction <laughs> it's blowing. That right there is it for today. Ten minutes of the bets you needed. As promised, if you get the opportunity, subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. You can check more out from Tyler and I today on Bet, ESPN's digital streaming show. It's on ESPN's Twitter, Facebook page. You can check it out on YouTube.com forward slash ESPN Sports Betting. It's also on the ESPN app and ESPN Plus. That's every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Daily Wager today ESPN2 at 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you then. We'll also see you tomorrow morning. Best of luck tonight, everybody.